Good morning, Harbor City Church, Grace Harbor, and to all of you who are watching Beyond Our Borders. We're so glad you chose to be with us today to worship. Today is a very special day. It's Mother's Day, so let me just say Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. In a moment, we're going to be turning to Exodus chapter 2 and a few other verses, so you can prepare yourselves for all of that if you want to. But uh, first of all, to start today off, we have a couple of videos we'd like to show you uh, that some people put together, submitted uh, for their moms. So please watch. Those videos were amazing, so uh, creative in how uh, the dads and the kids put those videos together. And uh, again, it's a very special day. We also want to say, uh, not only is this a day where we try to celebrate uh, moms, but we also try to celebrate women and how much they mean to us uh, for their womanhood, for their beauty, and, and the gift they are to all of us. And like my wife has said, we wouldn't be anywhere without you. So we celebrate women today as well. Now, one of the things I know as a son and also as a parent, watching my wife love our, our daughters, is that uh, our grandchildren have been nurtured and uh, also been sacrificed. Or, uh, she's given a sacrificial uh, time of her life to all of them as well. So I, again, I just want to say to all you moms, thank you for sacrificing. Thank you for nurturing uh, our kids. All right, we're going to take and lift up our Bibles, smartphones, iPads, everything that we have here that you have your Bible on, and let's make our prayer declaration together. So say this with me. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. God's holy word. God's holy word. This, book this book is alive, is alive. and it's powerful. And it's powerful. I read other books. But this is the only book that reads me. There are many opinions, but this is the only opinion that counts. Today, I declare by faith, I can do all it says I can do. I can be all it says I can be. And I can have all it says I can have. Today, I ask the Lord Jesus, the living word, to take his written word and personalize it from my life, so I can stay here at home and be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. We're getting used to that. By the time we get used to it, we'll be back to uh, here in the building, and we'll be glad for that. Well, today, I'm going to read you a story about a lady that really is what I would call obscure in the Bible. In fact, I've mentioned her name to many folks uh, that really know their Bibles, and when I've said the, her name, they didn't know who she was. So maybe that'll be the way it is for you. But this lady's name is Jochebed, and uh, she's the mother of some famous children in the Bible. And when you hear about the kids, uh, you'll know who they are, but you don't really know who mom is. And I think that's the way many of you women feel. Uh, you raise the kids, people get to know who they are, but they don't know who you are because you're always doing the things in obscurity that really matter. Numbers 26, 59 says this, the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt. And to Amram, she bore Aaron and Moses and their sister Miriam. So if you've ever heard of Moses or Aaron or Miriam, Jochebed uh, was their mother. Now, over in Exodus chapter 1, 
It tells us about some difficult times that Jochebed and all the women of Israel at that time raised their children through. So I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 1, verses 18 through 22. Then I'm going to introduce our guest to you. Uh, Verse 18 says this. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth uh, before the midwives can come to them. Therefore God dealt with the midwives uh, well with them, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. So it was, because the midwives feared God, that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. So as you can see this morning, uh, there's some tough times that we just read about, but I want to introduce some guests to you that I got some questions from the stories that you'll be, not only from this portion of Scripture, but another portion. And uh, I want to introduce them to you, and then uh, they're going to answer some questions. So we have Jessica Hargrove. She has three kids. We have Jen Luft. She has three kids. We have my wife, Lois, who had two kids, eight grandkids, and one husband. (laughs) So uh, these ladies are very special, and I've got some questions that I'll be giving to them, and they'll be uh, answering them, hopefully. That will give you some insight to help you as a mom and as a woman. So from this first portion of Scripture, we can see that uh, all the women were going through a very tough time. They're, they're bearing kids, and they're hoping, really, that I have a daughter and not a son, because if I have a son, uh, Pharaoh's going to kill that, that uh, child. So I want to give you some strengths of women and of moms. And uh, here's point number one. You can maybe write down if you want. Women know how to be adaptable and flexible and uh, when difficult circumstances arise. So the first question I'm going to ask to Jen left here this morning, and here's the question. In what ways have you adapted and been flexible during the last seven weeks with the COVID-19 virus going on? So Jen, you're up. Well, that is a very great question. Um, I think it even is important just to um, ask ourselves questions in these times to be introspective and to think about what am I feeling? What am I going through? How am I processing? And um, how can I grow in this season? Uh, One of the things that I have um, been definitely uh, having to be flexible and adjustable in is my expectations um, what, what are expectations? Um, expectations are, uh, a strong belief that something will happen or, um, that someone should or will achieve something. And, um, we all have expectations. We have expectations of people, of events, of ourselves, of our children, um, hoping they will, uh, be something or respond a certain way. Expectation of our spouse, Um, you know, this, I got, I'm upset and you didn't answer me the right way. And all these different things, we have expectations. What are those identifying them and making them, um, adjusting them to be realistic 
and led by the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that uh, in this story, we see the midwives. I'm sure they had expectations of what their job was. Their job was to bring life. And now they're being asked to kill, to hide, to be, to be secretive. And so their expectations were, were fully disappointed. They had to adjust on the fly. And I can really see that there was an activation of the Holy Spirit in them where there was a creativity on knowing how to navigate and solve this, um, just this challenge that was before them. Um, God's never surprised by these challenges. God's never surprised by extreme circumstances. He's not. And I think this is a time for us to really dig in to what the Holy Spirit has to stay for the now, for what's happening right now. And our past experiences, our past expectations of things has to adjust. And the only way that we can really fully be um, uh uh, at peace in this time is to have those expe- expectations filtered through the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah thirty twenty one, it says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or whenever you turn to the left, and this is a season now where each day, whether we're going to the right or to the left or we're talking to someone or we haven't been able to talk to someone, we need to filter those expectations through the Holy Spirit. We need to set our expectations on our Heavenly Father, giving Him the space in our day, to be the miraculous, powerful God that he is. And if we submit those expectations to him, I think we're setting ourselves up for success. Where there was disappointment, where there's been frustration, where there's been hurt or confusion, if we lift our eyes to our Heavenly Father, we will see the miraculous power activated once again in our day. And I really believe that we need to just turn our misled expectations to our Heavenly Father, giving him the space. He's the only one truly capable of achieving something great through us. And if we submit to him, I think we can see something really awesome happen. That's so good. Uh, In a moment, we'll probably have some more input, but I want to continue on with the story. You can see that Jochebed is facing some difficult circumstances, just like uh, Jim was talking about, and our expectations that can get not only with our kids, but with our workplaces and with our spouses. So here's what happens with Jochebed in chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. It says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child. Let me just stop there for a moment. I think every woman thinks her child is beautiful. I know my wife thought Jamie was beautiful, and I was shocked at how Jamie looked when she came out. But when she saw she was beautiful... She hid him for three months, and when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it uh, with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she had opened it, She saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages." 
So the woman took the child and nursed him, and she gave, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. To me, this is such an amazing story, because here's this woman. She knows uh, that her son's going to probably be killed, but she finds a way to preserve his life. Very innovative, uh, very adaptive to the situation. And then I think she strategically put her daughter, Miriam, there uh, just to make sure that maybe if something could break through, uh, Miriam would be able to to intervene. And of course, uh, Miriam did and God did. And uh, she was able to take her own son home and uh, uh, nurse him for the first three years of his life probably before she had to take him to Pharaoh. So here's the first or second point uh, you can write down, and that's this. God uses a mom to mold the character of a child, but also God uses a child to mold the character of a parent. So uh, I, I know this. God used my brother and I to mold my mom's character. But here's the question that I think we, uh, you moms need to ask. In what ways... Uh, have your children developed character in your life? So I've asked my wife to answer this question. So Lois, can you tell us how character has been developed in you through your children? Oh my. Well, from the beginning of my adulthood, as I even, I, I really didn't give a whole lot of thought about having children until I was going to have children. So it was kind of a surprise for me. But one of the things that I saw in Jochebed's life is from the very beginning, she had to trust God with the life of her child, even before this child was born, because she really didn't know what was going to happen. She was told she knew that all of the, the sons were ordered to be killed. And so that was what she went into even the delivery of her child with. And But she decided that... After Moses was born and after she knew that she could not by herself take care of this child safely, she had to trust God for his future. And I think that we need to all realize that our children are on loan from us, are on loan to us from God. And I found this scripture in Psalm 127, 3 and 4, and it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. They are a gift to us from the Lord, the fruit of the womb of reward. And verse four says, and as arrows are in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. So Jochebed not only realized that this this son that she had just born was a gift to her from God, she held her palm upward and said, God, this child is yours. I recognize that I have been given this child by you to raise to raise to the best of my ability. And if that requires some outside help, so be it, God. And she also realized that our children were not meant to just stay with us. They are arrows. Arrows are meant to be shot out. They are arrows in a quiver. And they are meant to be shot out. So that is what Jochebed did. That is what we need to do. You know, moms, you might have those graduating graduating seniors right now, and it is tearing you apart thinking that they're going to be leaving. I want you to be assured that is God's plan. 
They are to be shot out. They are to go out. They are to develop their own character. They are to be able to survive in this world and not only survive, but thrive. And that is where we come in. We are building that character into them. And not only are we building it into them, God is using them to build that trust into us. God is trustworthy. He is good all the time, and he does only good. The other thing is they want that the, our children show us God's love in a new way. And I remember when our firstborn was um, being dedicated, and I was overwhelmed with the love of God, with understanding that God is love, and because God is love, he's put love in us, and we are capable of loving. And then when that second child came, I thought, how am I going to love another child as much as I love my first? And yet that same overwhelming sense of love came to me again, and I realized that God is capable of loving all of us. He is not limited to just his firstborn son, Adam. He loved all of us. He loves all of us the same. And because he loves us the same, he has put in us the capability to love as he has loved. You know, those middle-of-the-night feedings when you don't think that you've got enough grace, God gives you that love for that child and recognizing that God put me in this place in order to... uh, in order to help grow this child into maturity. So it's a matter of taking care of others' needs before ours. And it is a matter of allowing ourselves to be the servant, laying down our lives for others. So the love of God is being developed in us as we are raising our children. The other thing is that I realized they brought out the best and absolutely the worst in me also. I did not know I had so much ugly in me at different times, but I was assured by my children at different times, Mom, you are not a horrible mother. Because I would say, I am a failure. I am a failure. I can't do this. And I would be assured, Mom, remember, you told us that there would be days like this. This is one of those days. But you're not really a failure. Did you guys ever, have you had that happen yet? It is, believe me, it's really comforting when your kids come back at you and say, Mom, you're really not a failure. You're just doing a lousy job today. So, Feeling like a failure on a, on a pretty regular basis was something that I was assured that they still loved me even when I wasn't doing everything right. And lastly, my children reminded me that I need to go to God every day for his grace and his strength. It is not just to survive. It is an ability to be able to put on Christ and to be able to trust him with the good days and the bad days because they both came to me. It's, if that is not character building, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I, I know this, that uh, as we were raising our children, uh, Lois would oftentimes be very hard on herself. And I think that happens to a lot of moms where you feel like I'm just not good enough. I'm not doing it good enough. And she would be much harder on herself than, than the kids would be. And I just want you moms to know, Jacobed probably thought this same thing. Yeah. Uh, am I giving enough? Am I, am I doing enough uh, for what needs to be done? And when I think of Jochebed, she, she had three years to input into this son Moses. Not only that, she probably, when she had Aaron and Miriam, there was no restrictions on those kids, so she was able to put character and build into them. But, but when it came to Moses, she had three years to nurse him, and then 
like Lois said, arrows are not meant to be held in the quiver. They're meant to be released. And she had to release him at the age of three or maybe even younger. And so you ladies need to not fear if you're losing your child at 18 to go away to college. She only had three years uh, with this little boy. And then she had to take him to another woman and let him become her son. So take heart, ladies. Uh, Her character was being molded in ways that many of us don't have to have our character molded like that. But here's the next point I want to give you. Moms can often feel their all is too small and wonder if they're making any difference. And I think probably Jochebed wondered, you know, I've been able to pour into Aaron, I've been able to pour into Miriam, but I only have three short years here. Am I doing enough? Is my all too small in this case? So I've got a question here. That, that I've come up with, and that's this. The question is, can you think of some ways or days when you wondered if you were making a difference with all your effort? And I've asked Jess Hargrove to address that one. And all the moms with me say every single day, yeah. <laughs> or the days you can stop long enough to think about it. So, yeah, definitely, um, Every day, wondering if you're making a difference, especially when you're in the thick of it, you're you're saying the same things over and over again. You're teaching the same lessons over and over again, and it seems like they're just not getting it. Um, and that's fine. They're children. That's what children do. They're learning. And um, yeah. So, in answer to your question, yes, uh, every single day, because honestly, our all is too small for this job of raising children. And like it's already been said by Pastor Lois and by Jen, we have to partner with the Holy Spirit. We have to partner with the Holy Spirit to find out what his call is on this child that he's letting us um, teach and train and build up for this this really short season. Um, we have to we have to partner with him. So I just have one verse I wanted to read. Well, actually, I have a couple, but here's one. Uh, John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, uh, what he has heard from me, and he will tell you about the future. I am so um, assured by this scripture. The Holy Spirit's job is to teach and to train us and also to tell us about the future. So I'm taking him up on that. I'm asking him, Lord, what do you see for my children? What's your purpose for this child and this child? Because any of you who have more than one child in your home right now, you know that they're not carbon copies of each other. Even though they have the same parents and they live in the same house, they're very different because God's created them uniquely. Um, so we have to ask, Lord, what is your purpose for this child? And how, And then I lean into that and pray into that. And it's not like he's given me the whole plan for their entire life, but he gives me hope of this is how I see them, and this is what, this is the scripture I want you to pray for them, or this is the idea I want you to pray for them. And then when, you know, the day gets going and they're acting completely contrary to that word of faith that God put in my heart for them in the morning, I can remember, no, but God said, but God said, and I can speak to the fruit that God wants to bring out in them and not to the behavior that I see right in front of my face. Um, and then I had, I had this thought, what, um, when we feel like we're not making a difference, what measuring stick are we using? What, how, how are we measuring success? Are we measuring it by their behavior? Are we measuring it by their intelligence? Are we measuring it by grades, by athleticism? Are we measuring it by, you know, all this different kind of stuff? 
And um, I know none of us want to say that that's how we, we do it, but when somebody asks you, how, how are the kids? What do we revert to? Well, their grades are really good, and this is really, you know, um, and that's fine. I mean, that's small talk. I'm not going to tell people in the grocery store the, the deep things of my children. But, um, but how are you at home? How are you measuring the success of your parenting? And I've come back to um, if we're chasing the byproducts, which is intelligence, good behavior, um, you know, all these different kinds. If we're chasing the byproducts, we're, we're chasing the wrong thing. We can't make the byproducts our goal. Our goal has to be something else. And these other things are, are what we get out of it. So um, we, yeah, we can't, I can't even chase the perfect marriage. I can't chase being the perfect mom. What I have to chase is being submitted daily to my heavenly father. And when I'm submitted daily to him, the perfect marriage just comes, you know, or not perfect, but you know, like a good marriage comes out of it. Good parenting comes out of it because it's that iron sharpens iron. It's that they mold, we mold them, they mold us and the Holy Spirit's working in all of it. So, um, yeah, I think that I said a lot. <laughs> you did and you did great. It was awesome. So I, I just think of all of the things that that moms do and often are overlooked. And I think that as you're not only molding the character of the child, but like Jess said, you're, you're thinking about the call of God on that child. And I'm sure that Jochebed thought, there's a special call on all of my kids. And later, she had no idea. And my last point I'd like to make here is this, that ladies, fight the odds that your actions may become part of a greater story. And I don't think that Jochebed understood she wasn't only molding one leader, she was molding three leaders. That later on, Moses became the leader of all of Israel to, to lead them out of, the, uh, of slavery and into the promised land. But Aaron became the high priest and Miriam became one of the lead worshipers in Israel. So all three of them were major leaders in Israel. And I thought often of my mom helping in my life as well, where um, I just, I remember being confused and kind of wondering where I was supposed to go. I was in eighth grade going into ninth grade, and the vice principal signed me up to run for student body president. I was scared. I was a nobody. In fact, my brother made sure the football team called me Fester, the bald-headed preaching bomber. That was what my life was like back in those days. And I remember being scared to death. I come home to my mom and I said, uh, Mr. Roden, uh, sign me up to run for student body president and I need to get my name off of that, that list. And, and I'll never forget her looking right at me, grabbing my hands and looking into my eyes and saying, Doug, this just might be God preparing you for leadership for the future. Be careful. Well, the next day, of course, I ignored my mom, went to the principal, vice principal, and tried to get my name off the list, and he said, I'm not taking your name off the list. Anyway, to make a longer story shorter, <laughs> I, uh, I went to the, uh, I did the election, got up and gave my speech, and the uh, guy I was running against who was very popular, a great athlete, badmouthed me at the end of his speech, and I won by a landslide, which began to prepare me for leadership 
and speaking like I am today. Very grateful for my mom having the wisdom to say, maybe there's something greater here, a greater call for the future. I want to wrap this up today, not only with that last point, but I want to introduce my granddaughter, uh, Olivia, who came to visit us uh, kind of in a surprise way, and we're so glad she did. This is our oldest granddaughter. She graduates here in just a few weeks, so for you moms that are having kids graduate kind of virtually uh, this year, I asked Olivia to just come up and say, Olivia, if you could say something about your mom or about your Nana or both, what would you tell them today? Um, I am super grateful for both of them. I think that the biggest thing that I would say is that I can always go to them for anything that's happening in my life. Um, They are the number one people that I just immediately turn to to talk about whatever I'm feeling or what I'm dealing with, Um, just kind of whatever life throws at me because I know they're there to listen and that they're going to speak into me um, with what God has for me and um, what they know to be true and that I'm always growing and it's because of them just being there and they're always by my side um, just instilling God's word into me and helping shape me into who I want to be. So, Can I make a comment? Of course. <laughs> just it's, one it's little Mother's comment. You so you <laughs> a number of years ago, Liv and I were taking a walk and, and she was sharing something with me and I in Nana fashion, went to the Word of God and was sharing some scriptures. And she looked at me and she said, Nana, you always bring the Bible into everything. And I said, because that is the truth that never changes, babe. And that is what you are going to establish your life on. Today, a number of years later, Livy's whole perspective is quite changed. So moms, I want to encourage you, do not be discouraged if they seem like they're not listening, because they will. I think that that's just been the biggest thing is that um, I just grew a lot from that. I mean, I always joke with her about that still sometimes, but that that really, I just appreciate that about her, especially. I think you're the biggest one that just goes immediately to the word when I bring problems. So, yes. So good. And by the way, uh, as much as my kids, my own daughters love me, and my granddaughters, my grandson love me, when they're in a pickle and they need some wisdom, they don't call me. They call Lois. But when they want to have fun, they call me. Because <laughs> remember, Lois is zero fun. <laughs> anyway, we're so glad that you uh, have joined us today. We're going to close today with another couple of videos. And uh, as we do, I hope they'll show one about Lois, because Lois is one of the hardest workers you'll ever run into. And we've just made a, uh, Livy and I made a little clip. It's about 35, 40 seconds of what Lois does almost every day. And I don't do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed that little clip about my wife and her hard work. Uh, But let me just take a moment uh, to pray for you ladies today. In fact, for everyone. And even if you're uh, a male watching this today, Maybe God's drawing you to have a, a personal experience with him. So if you don't know Christ today, whether you're male or female, today could be your day. And I want to invite you to have a relationship with Jesus. It's by faith. You believe in your heart. 
you confess it with your mouth, and Jesus becomes your Lord and Savior, and you come into his family, spiritual family. So by faith, pray this prayer with me together. Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins, all my mistakes, and all my failures. Come into my life and be my Savior, my Lord, my boss, my friend, and my King. And by your grace and by your power, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you gave your life to Christ today, there'll be a person being giving you some instructions here in just a moment on what to do next and giving you the next steps. But let me take a moment, pray for all you ladies. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the moms that are present today. We pray that you will take the words that have been shared here and that you will help every woman be what you've called them to be. Pray, God, that they'll realize they're part of a greater story, that our, our kids are gifts given to us, but also only for a short time. Then we release them back into the world. And we pray, Lord, that as they're released, these ladies will realize they're part of a much greater story and that every woman will be able to establish your word, your character, your adaptability, flexibility, and also uh, just realize that the hard work is part of something much greater. Bless them now. We we pray today will be an amazing uh, Mother's Day for each of them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Don't forget, 10 or 11.30 to 12.30, we're out here in the parking lot. Hopefully right now, you're finishing up the second service. Meet us in the parking lot. We have roses for you and chocolates for every one of you moms. In fact, for every woman 18 and older. Hopefully we'll see you there and uh, be able to give you a smile, tell you we love you. God bless.